Hello, and welcome to the April edition of Dick's Picks. I am Carter, and with me is Mr. Dick. Hello, right. Mr. Dick. Always right again with the Dick Pick. It's not a Carter Pick. We're back. <laughs> We've lived some of my uh, great choices. And- gone, gone with the artsy 1960s black and white movies. Back to our late artsy, 90s. <laughs> artsy movies. Back to our late '90s cream. This is this is where we make our our. Uh, uh, this is sort of our, our safety zone. This is the late '90s, um, and we are coming with uh, a movie I'd never heard of. So obviously not a classic of the late '90s, but definitely a representative of that era of cinema. It was this a month, classic within my group. <laughs> okay, so this month we are taking a deep dive into Best Men. From 1997, yeah, uh, directed by Tamra Davis, I believe our first female director on Dick's Picks. Don't fact check me on that. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> uh, written by Art Edler Brown and Tracy Frime, who seemingly didn't make another movie after this. They did a lot of TV work, as I could tell from their IMDb credits. Um, <laughs> but the director, Tamra Davis... I was actually surprised to see the quality of, of motion pictures she had put out before and after. Really? Um, CB4. Have you ever seen that? No, that's like a pre-workout energy thing, right? No, it's a, it's a Chris Rock rap comedy film. Oh. From the early 90s. That seems very different from this. Well, <laughs> a little bit, I guess. The, the next one she made after that, Billy Madison. You've obviously seen that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really? Adam Sandler vehicle. And then the movie she made immediately after this, Half-Baked. She made that? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> a pretty impressive filmography. Yeah, I think. right? And, uh, I, don't, I don't really see too many elements of either Billy Madison or Half-Baked in Best Men. No. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I mean, a much more is. important 90s director than I realized before yeah. seeing this movie and, and looking at her career if there is comedy in this i don't think it uh it hits very hard no. <laughs> there's a little bit there's a little bit of levity um the cast <laughs> definitely have done other stuff in comedy among the casts are uh dean kane who is best known for lois and clark at this point i believe superman yeah uh sean patrick flannery young indiana jones himself oh I don't know him from that. I just know him from Boondock Saints. Oh, which came out a few years after this, right? Yeah. The, well, he's the reason why I know about this movie. Oh, my, really? buddy, my buddy John and I were really into Boondock Saints. They just checked out the filmography of both lead actors? We didn't go down to Norman Reedus. I don't think we did. Was he in Suicide King? Maybe. Yes. No. But uh, yeah, but we would just go to Best Buy or wherever and we'd see the movies with SPF, as we call them. <laughs> and they'd be like, yeah, 13 bucks, let's try it. And that's how we got, ended up with this DVD. He's, he's watched, kind of the star, I guess. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> he sort of comes in and out of importance throughout this movie, actually. I would argue there isn't really a star. I mean, he's the one that like. I think it's him the plot the or Dean Kane. I, I think you would say is yeah. the star of this movie. Definitely not Luke Wilson. No, he kind of is relegated to the sidelines for like the big middle chunk. Um, 
but also yeah. Andy Dick. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is by far the most prominent film role I've ever seen him in. I'm used to seeing him in sort of like cameo bits, like uh, the cable guy or old school. Um, I know he's in reality bites, but I've never seen that. Uh, seen, isn't he in Airheads? I think I saw that with him. And oh, that could be the Adam Sandler connection. Maybe. I don't remember him in Airheads. I just remember Steve Buscemi, Adam Sandler, Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Ah, the Andy Dick Buscemi kind of crossover (laughs) in my brain. You know. Uh, But as as before mentioned, Luke Wilson, I think this is coming off right after Bottle Rocket, um, before he really takes off. And then Drew Barrymore, who is in uh, Tamara Davis, the director's uh, first motion picture. Um, I don't think the relationship continued beyond Best Men. No, but uh, she's uh, probably, I guess, the biggest star at the time who, who was in it, wouldn't you say? I'd say so. Coming off a of scream and stuff like that. She obviously yeah. was very big and as a child actor with like ET. Yeah. Um, released, uh, I actually, so on like the Wikipedia and stuff like this, it says that it had a theatrical release October 17th, 1997. But in a lot of the reviews I saw, it said it was like straight to video. Um, so i actually and also the the box office return which everywhere i checked was exactly five million dollars sounds exactly. <laughs> yeah that'd be initially suspicious <laughs> i don't know how many movies are that sort of round of a number in their yeah. final domestic gross to be exactly five million the producer bought that five million dollars with a ticket <laughs> yeah exactly five million he's like, yeah just give me sell out whatever theaters in california you can um <laughs> this is by far the lowest rotten tomatoes score at 13 percent yeah um but I'm a little skeptical as well of how we get that score because in a segment we'll do later about contemporary reviews, most of the reviews are much more positive than 13%. Uh, but I digress. I've written them before, but I, I, it's been a long time since I've watched it. So Yeah. You know, um, is, uh... Streaming on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, is that how you watched it? No, I actually watched it by a serendipitous turn of events. It was on MGM HD. Wow. Uh, and I recorded it. Oh, man. I Because I had borrowed the DVD from my buddy to give to you. Uh-huh. And then, uh, but I also sent you a link. I found it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's on the uh, Jesus Wept Movies channel. <laughs> so uh, that, that's where anyone who hasn't seen it can watch it. Have you, have you watched the, any of it on YouTube? Yeah, it was the same, I think. Okay, because it's you. You can obviously tell that it was dumped by studios if you can find it. The whole movie, not like ripped off, really bad looking, all on YouTube. <laughs> oh, it looked exactly the same. <laughs> they were like, "We don't care. We're yeah. not like going after copyrights or anything." That's we how have... I recently watched um, uh, Stone Cold, the Brian Bosworth movie. Wow. Yeah, full YouTube, great movie. So that also is in the the hell of YouTube that studios have forgotten. Um. <laughs> So uh, the way you've been talking about it, I, you have seen this movie. I, we owned the DVD. We, I would watch it a lot. <laughs> I, I gave it to my buddy as a best man gift. Wow. I hadn't seen the DVD for several years. Extremely but thoughtful. I, but I took it back. Yeah, really thoughtful. I took it back and I watched it. Um, and it had been probably 15 years since I'd seen it. And I could wait another 15 years, I think. <laughs> Your reaction is a lot more uh, more cold than, than mine was. So, so you would put it uh, 
before college was the last time you'd seen this. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Wow, that really is going back. So, so what? I mean, you just loved it because of Sean Patrick Flannery. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> it doesn't even seem like the way you're talking about it now that you were like that into it, even when you were watching it. I think I just thought it was a cool heist movie, and like they, it was all kind of like just their buddies going around, just just like getting into shenanigans, robbing banks and stuff. Just thought it, and it had the whole Shakespearean element. I thought, wow, this is highbrow, fancy. Uh-huh. Thinking about Hamlet all the time, uh, but I think that it was kind of put together a little weird, you know. Well, we but, can we can get into it. If yeah. if uh, if you please, we can oh. get into the plot. Okay. Um, I, I, I assume nobody listening has even heard of this movie. <laughs> uh, only for only through me if I've spoken to them directly. Uh, or so, sent them a, a letter to prepare them. So as we mentioned, it is available to stream on YouTube if you'd rather see it before uh, before hearing us go through the what I thought was a labyrinthine and quite brilliant plot. Uh, yeah, it had a lot of like, you know, the characters had depths that seemed to jump out of nowhere kind of thing. That's sort of what I liked about it, that every character had something going on and right. sort of all of their issues were resolved in the course of the movie. I thought it was very tight. I thought it was a very tight narrative. Yeah. Um, I guess it just kind of popped out. I don't know. <laughs> You're right. And they all had their own little narratives that were resolved. Uh-huh. Um, some more violently than others. Um, Most. <laughs> so we start off the small town of Independent, I believe is what it was called. Either, well, I initially thought it was Texas, but I think te- uh, California. That's what was, that was one of my questions. Is this Texas or is this California? Anything, anything with Luke Wilson, I'm going to assume it's Texas. Yeah, they, they definitely bring in, they talk about Bakersfield. So, which is California, but there's probably a Bakersfield, Texas. There's gotta be. <laughs> um, so we are in the town of Independent, Texas. It is preparing for its Independence Day parade slash chili cook-off. Heck yeah. Four groomsmen are preparing for a wedding, each in their own room, uh, donning their tuxedos, getting set up and ready. Gratuitous briefs. <laughs> so much underwear. Buzz played by Dean Kane, uh, is a former soldier who puts a few handguns ready in his tuxedo while he's taking pulls of Jack Daniels. Yeah. Um, stuff going on. <laughs> Teddy, played by Andy Dick, a browbeaten house husband, is uh, meticulously getting ready in his own sort of fussy way. Um, Saul, played by Mitchell Whitfield, who I best know from my cousin Vinny, but apparently was in Friends for a very long time. That's where uh, Andrea recognized him from. I guess he marries uh, Rachel Geller, I think. I All right. Know. I don't think I've ever seen a whole episode of Friends, so I wouldn't know. It's a bad show. <laughs> uh, he is a former criminal lawyer, now specializing in divorce. Uh, he's oh. dressed all neatly. Initially, yeah. you're like, why is, why is this guy friends with everyone else? He seems a little different. Yeah. Um, and Billy, played by Sean Patrick Flannery, a failing actor is shown watching a newscast in which a reporter describes a recent bank robbery or string of bank robberies, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, where the robber recited Hamlet 
before escaping and then gifting some of the ill-gotten gains to local orphanages. He becomes known as the Hamlet bank robber. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the legality of it, but I think that those charities would have to return the money. If it was so clearly... <laughs> if it was so clearly from bank heist? Yeah. I, maybe there's like in Texas a loophole where once like a charity has it, it's yeah. no one can take it. It's like a remnant of the Old West. It's like safe. You, you get into the embassy. <laughs> this was a problem that would happen very often in or Texas, John I Wick, guess. You get to the hotel. You can't touch it once it's committed to an orphanage. And also, you know, who wants to take money from the hands of yeah. grieving children? I mean, oh, come on. insured, whatever. <laughs> uh, so the four friends uh, all meet up they're walking down the interstate together. When I was watching this, I was like, where the hell are these people going? Yeah. <laughs> All dressed yeah, in their tuxedos. Yeah. Like very sort of ostentatious tuxedos too with like the frills and giant bow ties. Well, it was definitely before like the internet coordinated best men outfits. Or like yeah. Stuff. You know, they were just like, get what you got. You're in it. At first, I thought it was like a point break kind of thing where you're like wearing a costume. I was like, surely this isn't like a real wedding attire. But no, this is, they're wearing these ridiculous uh, tuxedos to attend the wedding of their friend Jesse, who's being released from prison after three years uh, for an unspecified crime. Um, also, also in a tuxedo. <laughs> So, I guess I guess we're meant to think that he was arrested on the the day of his wedding. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jesse greets Buzz, Teddy, and Billy warmly, but is a little cold towards Saul, as we are led to believe that Saul's error of some kind as uh, has led to Jesse's incarceration. At yeah. this point, it's it is not exactly revealed the intricacies of that situation. Um. The five of them drive out to a spot in the middle of nowhere where there is a solitary tree with all of their names engraved in the trunk. Classic movie trope that. Yeah. <laughs> Best friends from the beginning. Uh-huh. That's, uh huh. That's that gave me some real without a paddle vibes. Oh, we should do that one. That good. <laughs> uh, here they all have a toast with cans of beer. Uh, Teddy asks Jesse about his experiences regarding certain homosexual acts while he was in prison. Yep. Uh, Jesse reveals a very nonchalant attitude <laughs> towards yeah. this. And uh, Buzz, seemingly from nowhere, reveals that he wants to receive oral sex from a fellow soldier in a foxhole in an unspecified war. <laughs> and Andy Dick. Andy Dick was the one who started the whole thing. He yes. <laughs> a little bit of <laughs> reading between the lines there um because he's also the one in the in the bad marriage um so on the day of his release jesse is planning on marrying hope played by drew barrymore surrounded by his best friends in his hometown uh en route to the ceremony all driving in the same car with their tuxedos on uh billy asks them to pull over near a bank as he had forgotten to get jesse a wedding gift Mm-hmm. He commences to rob the bank, revealing himself to be the Hamlet robber from the earlier news report. Uh, as he finishes, uh, Buzz was asked to go check on him, um, pulls out his gun when he realized the heist is going on, 
And as uh, Billy is leaving, they pull their guns on each other. Billy reveals himself. And then at that moment, they all <laughs> walk in. Yeah. Inadvertently creating a hostage situation. They begin arguing about said situation. And one hostage manages to escape while they are distracted. Who was uh, Oh, yeah, someone <laughs> did. But as they're going in, the Vietnam veteran also mm-hmm. goes in. And well, he's, he goes after you. After you. <laughs> to Billy. Yeah. Uh, very conspicuous wearing his uh, Vietnam fatigues. Mm-hmm. Uh, the group uh, continue to argue about what to do until they notice that the police have arrived and are forming a perimeter around them. And they suddenly realize the gravity of their predicament. Uh, they are all accomplices and now face serious prison time. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, Buzz, and Teddy decide to stand with Billy and do whatever it takes to get him out. Saul, meanwhile, decides he doesn't want to be a part of it and takes his place among the hostages. What about Luke Wilson? Luke Wilson, I said Jesse. He is oh, like, yeah. he well, is he... <laughs> the truest of true friends. Yeah. And we'll and just do he's on his third strike, he'll do it. Because yeah. that's, that's, that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, the local sheriff is in the midst of a re-election campaign. And after learning that the culprit is the famous Hamlet bank robber, he gets the national media to show up and bring some coverage to the town and himself as the heroic sheriff bringing Hamlet uh, to face mm-hmm. his crimes. Meanwhile, the bank customers bond with the unlikely robbers. They all know him because they're all... <laughs> They're from the town. They're all from the same town. Mm-hmm. Um, so outside of the bank, Sheriff Phillips, played by uh, the great Fred Ward, um, discovers that his son, Billy, is the Hamlet robber. And suddenly the crime takes on a different sort of shape. Billy doesn't like his dad. <laughs> he demands the surrender uh, of Billy and them and mocks him for being a failure. Uh, meanwhile, he drops his gun. It goes off. The police open fire. Yeah, so trigger happy. <laughs> the, well, the one guy, it's like the one guy is like ready to go. And he's always excited when All anything's about to happen. Have their, have their, even Dean Kane has terrible uh, safety maneuvering. They all have their fingers on the trigger all the time. <laughs> Well, I mean, he trusts himself because he's a green beret. The other people have less excuses. Dean Kane, this is where he he first see all of his action. He goes full on action. Yes, because he comes out into the street. I think he's over arm. I think he's trying to miss the cops. Yeah, of course. He's He's like shooting behind them, next to them. But he's got he's got the cool stance, and he's in his uh, the. He's got the black shirt and the holsters around his shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He's sort of like the most. Tarantino character that you see in this movie yeah. and obviously sort of everything after Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs I thought that the that the walking with the tuxedos uh, was a Reservoir Dogs reference it might have been at, at least that's sort of what I assumed it was <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway they get back into the building now uh, Buzz has fired on the police he's obviously yeah. in it till the end yep. and you know Jesse is just such a good friend he's gonna be like i gotta stick it out with my two guys and teddy domineered by his wife he's just like anything's better than that. <laughs> yeah marriage is the worst blah 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 my wife wants me to do everything mm-hmm. yeah yeah 
And so Andy, inside the Andy Dick gets a gun from Dean King because he's that hard now. Yes. He's, he's just spinning around, preparing. There's like five or six of him, clips of him in a row pulling the gun. Just, uh, <laughs> I'm, I was like, he's going to shoot himself. Well, he, he asked for a gun basically as soon as it starts going down. And Dean's Kane's like, do you really want to be a part of this? Like, I did like how uh, the reporters, when they realize uh, Billy is the sheriff running for mayor's son, mm-hmm. they do that, they add that, and then they do the exact same report that they did in the beginning of the movie, where they talk <laughs> about Hamlet's actions and Robin Hood and giving the mm-hmm. charity everything verbatim. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're talking about releasing the hostages. One of them, Gonzo, played by Brad Dorif, the Vietnam veteran that you mentioned earlier, suggests that they request a helicopter land on the roof so he can fly them to safety. Mm-hmm. Um, is it before or after this that Billy does the whole Shakespeare monologue? Uh, I don't know. He goes out twice. He goes yeah. out like several times to talk to the police. <laughs> but I think, it's, I think that is before then because... The second time he goes out to talk to the police again and they're like, Hamlet, Hamlet. Hamlet." Yeah, I think it's that time. And then he gives a speech and he walks so far away from the bank in the middle of the street. (laughs) I was like, why don't they just tackle this guy? Well, because I think they're under the assumption that if they do anything to him, they're going to kill the hostages. Yeah. It it was very dog day afternoon, if you've ever seen that. That whole section was sort of like... uh, But then... Uh, I think something happens and the, one of the police is like, let's get him. And they do chase after him. And Andy Dick pops out from the bank and lays the police officer out and does a Muhammad Ali dance. Uh-huh. While everyone starts chanting his name. <laughs> it's, it's it's the, the public is on their side. Yeah. Oh, big time. Big <laughs> they just, time they seem like affable kids, attractive kids, got into a bad spot. No one wants to see them die. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, Buzz begins to bond with Gonzo, uh, a Vietnam veteran. Buzz, it's one of those great scenes where one character knows everything about the other character and just ex- explains it yeah. to the rest. <laughs> yeah. Well, he flew like, this many missions in Vietnam. He has this many silver stars. <laughs> yeah, I did. That was one of the, like, is it an ex machina or something? Where it just comes Hey, you ex machina. I think uh, this, remember the character from. Uh, Austin Powers Basil Exposition. Yeah. <laughs> it's very much one of those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. Good time. <laughs> oh, he's got he's got this and he does that. That that's something you don't see too many times in movies. Although you do see it sometimes in the fast movies. They're like, oh man, he knocked over this bank then and that sort of stuff. I think it was a very fast ending to this movie. Hey, wait, 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 wait. We haven't gotten there yet. Tying it to other movies. So so Brad Dorf, Gonzo. He was my favorite part of the movie. He's, he sort of takes over the next 20 minutes or so. Well, he would have, was planning to rob the bank before. He told them where all the tapes were. He mm-hmm. was like, this is where you got to go. You can get through the ducks. We get the, a helicopter and then we get to Mexico. He, he's just sort of like done with everything because mm-hmm. uh, he had this epiphany on acid in Vietnam that maybe we shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And the only reason he didn't get sent to prison is because it would have been very embarrassing for the U.S. Army. Is this where it's also where Dean Kane reveals to him that he was kicked out of the army for mm-hmm. being gay? 
Well, yeah. he doesn't quite he doesn't quite say that. He basically just says that like, you know, he didn't live by whatever standards that they had. Yeah. And that all he ever wanted to do was wear the uniform and be in the military. Gonzo. And they took that away from him. That acid trip made Gonzo super uh accepting and he was just like <laughs> Doesn't matter if you're yellow, purple, green, blue, black, man, woman, man, woman, you serve this country, you all bleed red. Oh, no, 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 it was something about uh, being a soldier, even if you don't uh, wear the uniform. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Anyone can be a soldier. Uh-huh. I thought he was good, I thought he was very affecting in his role. Um, meanwhile, while, while Gonzo and Buzz are talking about being vets and bonding um the fbi arrived to take over the hostage situation uh and in a moment of confusion jesse's fiance hope rushes into the bank and makes the situation even more confused yeah uh so the the lead agent for the fbi agent hoover no relation um might be the the worst ever federal agent (laughs) depicted on screen I think so when he's initially introduced, he's just like, uh, I'm we're here to observe. If anything goes wrong, we'll, we'll lend a hand, we'll take over. And then he immediately takes over. <laughs> but well, that, at the same time, insulting everybody, it's like calling them all hicks and sister fuckers and all kinds of stuff. I think it's like <laughs> precipitated by uh, he, he only drinks de- decaf. Yes. Because, uh, he gets jittery. Wired. And his his uh assistant fbi agent brings him two cups of coffee and the he's like decaf right decaf right and i think the assistant accidentally gives him the caffeine version which sends him on a wild bender where he just completely botches this whole bank thing (laughs) he gets power hungry and trigger happy well you do see him starting to drink out of a little cup the rest of the movie he just gets like hook on the caffeine caffeine sends him totally over the rails (laughs) over the edge yeah some people just can't handle their coffee you know but he he starts talking about like let's just kill them all (laughs) and the guy's like what about the hostages he's just like i just want these guys dead (laughs) yeah (laughs) well but the the assistant fbi agent was actually the co-writer of the movie really okay yeah remember the guy who also is like the deputy yeah those those two guys are the co-writers yeah Cuervo (laughs) he and SPF have a good conversation where uh, yeah SPF is like um out of the family and he's like good the kids are growing up the kid wants to go to world cup and then yeah uh, Sean Patrick Flannery's sheriff dad goes now you gals done gossiping (laughs) (laughs) Cuervo is a good guy I liked Cuervo I wish she had maybe had like five more lines I think, I think I think so. they shafted him in the second half of the movie. At, at the point that uh, Drew Barrymore rushes in, I I said, Andrea, would you rob a bank with me? <laughs> and she just said no. So you know that that's good well. That's not so much the question as would you come into the bank if I were inadvertently attached Probably. to a bank robbery? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe that and changes then- the the. The formula kinda, a little bit. It kind of changes the dynamic within the bank too, because having her there gets more of the hostages on their side than they already were. Yeah. 
Because they just want to see these crazy kids together. Yeah, have them be in love. And, all and they're stuff. very invested in every, them getting out in a way. Like there's two old ladies that I guess were telling the same story when they, after uh, Drew Barrymore and Luke Wilson get into a fight. Yes, and what was the shot of the movie? Where yeah. it's on, they're on opposite sides of the, of the bank and you got the giant American flag in the background. Mm-hmm. And, the, and they're like, and, and then we decided it wasn't worth all the trouble. <laughs> And, yeah. and, and then they have their little sort of moment of reconciliation. Those two old ladies were like, yeah, you never know. One day your husband might walk outside and get hit by a truck. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, they Earl's, they Earl's got to die, that guy. Uh-huh. They, those ladies murdered him. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, they did. That would have been a nice extra half hour to add to it if you wanted to have a subplot. Yeah. <laughs> um, where was it? Okay, so we got the lead agent. Uh, really he thinks that this hamlet thing is is integral to the whole operation one that he i think i think like he wants to be the guy who brings down hamlet like yeah, everyone FBI's most wanted everyone knew the guy who shot uh what's his name uh, john dillinger he wants yeah. to be like that guy but he's got like a spark notes of hamlet as i love guy. that like <laughs> Gonna, it he's going to reveal mind. some sort of uh, inside the mind of Billy. Yeah. Well, we already know this is a, a father-son. Uh, uh, he didn't want it. He didn't want a ghost. He wanted yeah. a father. Yeah, that's right. Man, I think at this point... <laughs> we got to get back to the plot. <laughs> I think at this point the, the, uh, they, they say, hey, we want some pizza and then yeah. we need a priest. Yes. Because they they want to actually uh, cons- not consummate the marriage in that way, but to 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 make it official make and it to official. to be husband and wife. Were you before the law? Yeah. So then they send in a priest. Whoa, 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 whoa! We get we get slightly ahead of ourselves because oh, before before we that happens, know. Sheriff Phillips starts to be a little softer in his yeah. approach to the bank robbers because agent hoover is just so grating and insulting and annoying mm-hmm. and then i think before what happens in the bank i think we have the reconciliation between sheriff phillips and billy do we not, not? really no that's only at the end okay but but i guess it's like a softening we do have the uh before the fbi oh excuse before the fbi sends the priest in uh, we do have the Saul reveal where we get more of his. Yes. He's so yes. So the, the gang negotiates for for the priest to come for them to be married. Uh, Hoover surprisingly agrees that mm-hmm. one should go in and perform the ceremony. He's just a romantic. Yeah, he has a soft spot. I caffeine. mean, <laughs> with the caffeine, who knows what he's going to do next? You yeah. <laughs> might just let him go. Um, <laughs> So, uh, as you mentioned, Hope confronts Saul about his obvious anguished mental state. Uh, Saul reveals that uh, Jesse did not invite him to the wedding and that it was Hope who invited him. Um, And Saul blames himself for Jesse's incarceration as he reveals to Hope that he did not take a potential plea deal for Jesse and didn't even tell him about a possible plea deal because Saul wanted to take the case to trial to prove how good of a lawyer he was. Yeah. And an ultimate act of selfishness. I think that's real, like, disbarment level as well. 
it's not doing well by your client according to your oath yes <laughs> maybe maybe everyone just assumed that he obviously would have told his client that yeah it's no. so outside the realm of normality that obviously he didn't you know but it also the reason why luke wilson's in jail it is. didn't really there was okay. like a suggestion that he stole the he engagement stole the ring engagement ring okay yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they never said like this is what happened though so i guess that sort of i think hope says something like he didn't have to steal the ring or something yeah yeah <laughs> do you think he was in state prison or federal prison and which one's worse? wouldn't it i think uh i have i have no idea i think if what is rikers island I think that's that going to be state, right? Yeah, I think state prisons are worse. Yeah. I think right. a federal prison is more like the Jordan Belfort, you get to play tennis kind of prison. Okay. Um, <laughs> he seems to have enjoyed his homosexual relations for the three years he was there, so I don't, it doesn't seem like he had that bad of a time. I think um, he copped to making all that up. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did never hear that. I know. Remember him saying he doesn't want to go back. Oh, yeah, I don't know. It's all very, you know, it's up to interpretation, I guess. I think, yeah, that's part of the genius of the script. Um, hope forgives him. I was always like, "What? How? How would you react to that? What would you do?" And she's like, "I would forgive you." Yeah, it was a very touching moment. Um, I'm choking up. Um, <laughs> the, the priest when he's in there is a very mouthy priest uh, he's about to go through the ceremony uh, the three guys have their guns out he convinces uh, them to hide their weapons during the ceremony so as not to sully such a holy ritual and as soon as they put their guns away he pulls one out shoots Teddy twice in the chest hits Buzz in the arm it turns on Billy. It looks like he's about to just like do him right then and there. And we see Saul behind him with a gun to the priest's head, uh, throwing his lot in with his friends. Yep. They, yep. And in the line of the movie, the priest is like, surely you wouldn't kill a man of the cloth. It's Saul's like, I'm Jewish. <laughs> and also, you're clearly not a priest. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe he is. That is true. Clearly, like unless there's something in your vows about shooting people. Priests don't have gun cutouts in their Bibles. (laughs) You know, you might be onto something. Yeah. Um, So Teddy, having been shot twice, but he's just so sort of freed mentally and emotionally from the bank robbery he's he's awoken he is a new man that these bullets are not going to bring him down and initially he he refuses to be sent to the hospital he's like i'm gonna tough it out these two bullets to the chest it's nothing but then they're like come on (laughs) you gotta go to a hospital and so he he walks out on his own two feet which is uh, insane. It's insane. Two it's, cheers of the crowd. The yeah. crowd are going, yeah, Teddy. <laughs> they put him on a stretcher, and then he does, like, the football player who breaks his leg. <laughs> thumbs up. Thumbs up as he's being pulled away. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, he should be on like oxygen instantly. I mean, oh, yeah. obviously one of his lungs is punctured. Maybe his heart. Can you tourniquet your heart? Yeah, can you tourniquet? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but he's, he's, I think he's just so alive mm-hmm. that nothing could kill him now. No. Uh, Buzz, meanwhile, it, the shot looked bad initially, but it's, you know, it's just a flesh wound. Yeah. He, 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 he patches it up a little bit. Uh, Gonzo's so impressed. He gives Buzz his, his army fatigue jacket. Yep. Where Buzz finds the Medal of Honor. Yep. I, I, that's one thing I loved when he was saying, uh, just sort of going through his resume, how he finishes up with the Congressional. Medal of Honor. I love how they always have to say the congressional, and everyone Other seems to say icons? it the same way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, oh, I've got no, the, this guy's just got the uh, presidential Medal of Honor. He's yeah, he's got the the local ordinance government of uh, Northwestern South Dakota's Medal of Honor. <laughs> uh, Buzz patches the wound. Teddy leaves to a round of cheers. He's taken away. Um, it didn't seem to be that much of a police presence with, with Teddy. It seemed like they were just like, let him go. Yeah, this guy's kind of, he's, he's pretty messed up. He's probably going to die anyway. Yeah. Um, so the guys continue to plot their exit. Uh, at some point, they let the hostages go. The old Saul, ladies are interviewed. Saul, Saul like goes out and has a sit down with the FBI agent. Yes. While Buzz is Keeps an eye on him with his gun. Yeah head and then they make some sort of deal that releases some of the hostages because yeah. they still have lots of hostages left. This, they, they, well, they've got like the security guard and I think they have like yeah. the bank manager yeah. and I think all bank employees mm-hmm. I think are still there. But they during the hostage release, Gonzo is also released. And he sort of escapes. He, He's he not rounded up yeah. with, uh, with everybody else for questioning. He just sort of slithers out of there. Yep, he does. Um, maybe to be seen again. Uh, oh, maybe. But then <laughs> I think at this point the sheriff and uh, Cuervo are off the clock, or they're just like, "Wow, the FBA is not letting us do anything." Yeah, and they go to the bar that's on the corner. Shots of tequila. And you know, as you know, they're very frustrated. Nobody likes the FBI guy. He's just maybe the worst person anyone's ever met. Like super micromanager. Come on. Well, and also like every other word out of his mouth is like very insulting to small town people. <laughs> the guy's like, hey, I went to high school with him. And the guy's like, who fucking cares? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that might have been the assistant actually. Because yeah. Cuervo was like, come on, man, give me a break. I went to high school with these guys. <laughs> um <laughs> so they 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 negotiate. Uh, terms uh they they ask for a bus which apparently they're going to take to the the local airport airport. Mm um hoover orders the snipers on the roof to just gun everyone down yeah he says he says to him whoever gets the most kills gets a trip to disneyland yeah i was just like this guy is cold as shit (laughs) but but the bank robbers in an ingenious move Come out with the remaining hostages draped in the giant American flag. It has been Chekhov's American flag. We've been seeing it in like every other shot throughout the movie, and it finally Holy comes into shit. use. I didn't uh, even think of it like that. <laughs> oh yeah. Holy shit. That was a it's a huge flag. And it, it was, was very notably 
within yeah. the frame in many occasions. Wow. As you mentioned before, the, the shot of the movie when it's uh, the it's engaged couple on their separate sides and you get the giant flag in the middle. Yeah. That's what Great. makes me think it's Texas. Uh-huh. I feel yeah. like giant American flags are much more at home in Texas than California. Yeah. Maybe that's just my bias. Yeah, being like it's a part of California, I guess. Yeah. Man, good call on that flag. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, blown. I know that's what a master's degree in film yeah. studies gets you. Um, so they come out with the American flag. The snipers are reluctant to shoot at the flag. Yeah, not everyone is lacking a conscience <laughs> like the head of the FBI. The FBI guy just wants him to start spraying into the flag. Yeah. Just take down everybody. And he's like, why aren't you shooting? shooting um but you know the snipers are they're just waiting their turn yeah uh but they get onto the bus the bus is tented so they can't even see anybody on the bus Mm -hmm. um but saul tells jesse he's sorry he gives hope a wedding present and an envelope and he steps off the bus oh wait wait, 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 wait. he gives hope a giant smooch on the lips Is I always wanted to do that. Yeah, like I guess are are we to think that like Jesse and Hope were like high school sweethearts? They were all friends. He had a crush on her, Mm -hmm. but you know, just Jesse was she loved Jesse, but he always had a thing for her. I guess, but that's just the the genius of the script. It gives you so much and so little. All you need is one moment. It reveals years and years of backstory. You're talking me back into it. Watching it with with Andrea had me framed in a, a negative light, but I'm I'm coming back around on it. It's great. I think it just gets better and better from here on. Um, so he tells Jesse he uh, he steps off the bus, announces the deal involved uh, surrendering himself to save Jesse and the guys. Hoover's like, "Why the hell would I want you?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. reneges on the deal, but he pulls out a gun and holds Hoover hostage. He tells him to go, to go, to go. He's like blocked out initially. The snipers can't get him because there's like a road sign on one side. And on the other side, Hoover's head is in front of his head. But, you know, Buzz and Dress are like, we can't leave him. But he's like, they have him blocked in. And stuff yeah. The and they're trying to get the cars moved away. He tells mm-hmm. Buzz to go. Buzz is like, we can't leave him. But then they shoot him. Yeah. He they shoot the Saul. The sign. They shoot him in the back. And, <laughs> and then twice in the chest. Yep, he doesn't even get a shot on FBI agent. No. And then Buzz is like, well, I guess we should go. (laughs) So they go and they bust through in between the cars that are blocking them in. And then Cuervo and the sheriff come in and block the feds in. Yeah. Yep. They say, run, Billy, run. Now it's sort of it's sort of the whole town against the FBI now. Yeah, exactly. Um now (laughs) you're right. The next 20 minutes and the bus or 15 minutes, who knows? It was, it was very speed. This was, this was a movie that like really wore its influences on its sleeve with the Dog Day Afternoon, Speed, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Skit. Mm-hmm. Um, but we really get those in the last little bit here. Um, but yeah, they're just driving down, driving down the highway in the bus. Um, where am I? Uh, the Man, bus heads to the local airport. The feds start to catch up. Uh, Billy tells Buzz to drive off the main road. He just goes right through the sort of side and down onto one of those uh... dangerous angles. They should have like. <laughs> I thought there was a real chance the bus was going to flip. Yeah, rolled over. I mean, but that's 
you know, the Green Berets, though, have training in all kinds of different situations. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Buzz has driven a bus down a hill before. Uh-huh. He does it. He does it expertly. Yes, he does. Um, and situation looks hopeless. A blockade has been ordered ahead of them. They're being caught up from behind. Uh, the news lady uh, actually at one point comes up to him to ask for an interview. Yeah. yeah. And Buzz, say, he quotes Shakespeare. He says, to thine own self be true. And she's like, what? What'd you say? And he goes, I'm a Green Beret. I love my country. And I'm gay. And then just speeds off. That's a callback to, I guess, he and and Sean Patrick Flannery have a, because Sean Patrick Flannery knows and is supportive of him earlier. And And, and quotes that Shakespeare line to him, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, I don't even even know what you said. I don't know what these words mean. (laughs) He's still not true to himself quite yet until that bus moment. Mm -hmm. But uh, sidetrack here a bit. But the character who says that in Hamlet is Polonius, who's like the biggest idiot in the whole play. Uh, but those are words of wisdom spoken by a fool. Well, at least the Dick's Picks, <laughs> we've got a lot of uh, Shakespeare-inspired movies that we've done. This and She's the Man. I, there was surprisingly far more text in this one. <laughs> Then she's the man, which is directly adapted from a Shakespeare play. Yeah. And that one, we we basically just got like the school names and the character names are basically it. Yeah. And this one, he's like literally like quoting paragraphs of Hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot. Um, where were we? So the, the situation looks hopeless. Yeah. Gonzo, Gonzo appears out of nowhere in a military ha- helicopter. And expertly, this was like the stunt of the movie. Like, it's right next to the bus. Um, at, at this point, I'm like, what is their plan exactly? <laughs> yeah, are they going to get everyone off of the uh, bus? So we first see Jesse go up there, and he's sort of like hanging off the side. Oh and then God. Hope gets on top, of the, on top of the bus. And it's one of those scenes the where... They toss the money up to him. Well, that's afterwards. But with the, the Jesse and Hope one, it's one of those scenes where it's like pet detective, where it's like, just grab my hand. Yeah. Um, but she can't mm-hmm. quite do it. But then she does it at the last minute. And then uh, swerve off. And then uh-huh. he's holding her with one arm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and his hero moment. Jesse, who's been sidelined the whole movie, finally gets his big moment. Yeah. Um, the only hardened criminal finally <laughs> doing his thing. Hardened criminal. He was in prison for three years. He, he like stole a ring. It was like yeah. a very like O. Henry way to go to prison. Yeah. Just this one unlucky deed. Um, Buzz and Billy unable to go with them, instead remaining behind. Uh, they park the bus on the interstate. They let all the hostages out because they realize that the fuel tank has been rigged. Yes, and they're about to run out of gas. So they're like, "End of the road, guys." Yep. As they are approaching a blockade. Oh, at the bottom of a hill is a blockade. (laughs) Fortunately, they ran out of gas at the top of a giant hill. (laughs) Well, I I didn't think they were totally out. I think they were like fumes, basically. But this is honestly, they should have expected it from this rat of an FBI agent that obviously not everything was as it seems. It would have been too good to be true. Um, But they remain behind. Uh, They stay on the bus and drive towards destiny. 
toward where the block the blockade is. Billy recites that to be or not to be, soliloquy, to be or not to be, that is the question. Whether tis nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. Do you know the rest of it? No. <laughs> Neither do I. Uh, but I thought that was a very touching moment. Yeah. And it seems yeah. like Buzz is really sort of like inspired by this. And I love it when they, they get to the part uh, where perchance to dream that undiscovered country, what dreams make of. And they're like, wow, they are really going out on top, doing it the way they want to do it. As they drive towards, they just get open Mown fire down. on. Mown down. Bus flips over. But as we have learned from Teddy earlier, two shots to the chest does not a kill make. <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> so they are both still alive. Uh, it was that Billy asked Buzz, like, how many do you got left? Just one. Just one. That's all enough. That's all I need. <laughs> they decide to do a butch and Sundance, fly mm. out of the bus. We don't see either of them actually go down, but, we, you know, we see all the gunshots and everything. Yep. And then we get the assistant FBI guy, like, we got him. But. And he turns at his boss, shot through the skull, dead. <laughs> That movie couldn't have ended with that guy not dying. He was yeah. set up to be maybe the most hateable character I've ever seen. Clear villain. Clear villain. It's mm-hmm. And this was also like very sort of, you know, anti-establishment of the movies. That like the only real bad guy was the government agent. Yeah. Um, well, it was a good shift from the father. Initially, you thought it was just going to be the sheriff father. Well, any representative of authority comes across very badly, except for Cuervo. Yeah. Who like shows that like having the badge doesn't make you a bad guy as long as you don't sort of forget what makes you human and yeah. uh, just go off Stanford prison experiment. <laughs> Become the badge. Uh, John, John Millman is like the guy. I don't know. Crazy movie though, if you've ever seen it. Uh, the film ends very Shawshank. Jesse and Hope playing with the sun some years later on a beach in Mexico. You know what the sun's name is? Saul. Saul. <laughs> Credits. Well, Bang. You know, you talked a lot about how this movie borrowed from other movies, but Fast 7 clearly borrowed from this. When yeah. he Paul Walker's is on the beach with the family. Well, you know, Paul Walker's stunt double face mask. His brother's. His brothers are on the beach. Yeah. His family and the kids, and they're running around. And, oops. All right. I've come around, back around to it. I can't let other people influence how I feel about this movie. So, so, so this sort of, we're wrenching out the plot has made you appreciate the movie even more. No, I'm just (laughs) very easily influenced. And I was with someone who wasn't impressed with it. And now I'm with someone who was. So, so you have no memories when you first watched it of being like, this movie is the tits. This is awesome. You just remember watching it. <laughs> I think, yeah. Like I said, we were just like, whoa, Shakespeare. And we were also like, man, SPF got good hair in this, this movie. He, he looks very handsome in this movie. He, he's got great hair. We were always <laughs> aspiring for the Boondock Saints hair with like the poofy kind of uh-huh. cool cut. Uh, it, it, it reminded me of early Paul Walker. I was watching this and I was like, why, why wasn't there are bigger things for this guy? Well, yeah. The, there are other movies 
we watched another one. We bought another one called like Monster Hunter with him in it. Yeah. Where it's just uh, him fighting really poorly put together CGI monsters. So what I, else I is he even in though? This and Boondock Saints, and then the Sarah Michelle Geller crazy rom-com called Simply Irresistible, where she's a chocolatier who uh, gets, I guess, possessed by a magic witch or something. That sounds cool. Or magic crab, I think. It seems that he played the vice president in the dead zone for a long time. Wow. Uh, yeah. And yeah, young I, Indiana Jones. I would not have thought that Norman Reedus would be the more successful of the two. No! Yeah. Norman Reedus <laughs> is like the ugly one. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like when you're watching that movie, you're just like, oh, it's like a movie star at Norman Reedus. That's his disfigured yeah. golem <laughs> brother. Uh, that's mean, but that's how I feel. Uh, wow. <laughs> I thought he was good in this, though. I mean, yeah. I, 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 we'll get on to maybe him as Hamlet. I, I'm less impressed by that than uh, Sean Patrick, but I think that's where the character. That's why he didn't make it and had to start robbing <laughs> banks, Carter. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my questions. So, so we move on to that uh, portion, uh, that segment of the episode. Um, yeah. my, my biggest question is what happens to Teddy? Does Teddy die? Does he go to yeah. prison? Dude, Teddy and Dean Kane are dead. No, the no, that's one, Billy. Billy. Which one's Teddy? Teddy is uh, oh, <laughs> Andy Dick. Okay, yeah. that's who I was going to ask you about. I think, yeah. I think he survives, and instead of them sending to prison, they say, go back home to your wife and marriage. See, but uh, he doesn't. He's obviously gay, so he, I think he goes to prison. Obviously not. That's not where you want to find yourself as a gay man. But <laughs> <laughs> I think he... That seems a little problematic. <laughs> I do, I do think that he accepts himself more mm-hmm. after his prison stay because, you know, he's like, you know, I didn't think I could survive prison. I did it. Yeah. You know, I just have to accept that even though I got my wife pregnant, that doesn't mean I have to stay with her forever. And yeah, she, I'm going to begin she, living my life as a gay man. Obviously, he every day, every day, since the, he, he got her pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, you sure it's you, you sure it's yours? And he was like, well, she was a virgin when we met. But then Buzz and Billy have a knowing look. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I think I think he obviously, if he survives, if he goes to prison, he's probably not like in prison for life, right? It's probably like three to five. Uh, I think he writes a memoir while he's in prison. Because he obviously, do? Why, do you think he's like a, a writer? I don't think he. I think he. No, he doesn't need. Some... You don't need to be a writer to write a memoir. <laughs> you probably, <just> need... <laughs> probably have some sort of skills, I guess. No, I mean, he becomes a celebrity based on. I mean, the way he leaves the bank, like to cheers with blood dripping from his chest, is like instantly a world oh. famous image. <laughs> <laughs> he, he will obviously become a celebrity so maybe i bet he probably gives interviews in prison i think he probably maybe does like a 60 minutes interview he's while like he's in a, the hospital he's like that anna delvey delvey or whatever something like that okay. like uh like the uh diamond dog character in con air who okay. uh writes a memoir in prison that uh, is being developed within as a washington starring in it according to the con air 
uh, plot. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think he releases a memoir. I think he becomes a celebrity. I think he memorializes his friends. His friends live on. And I think eventually uh, he meets up with uh, with Jesse and Hope down in Mexico. Maybe. <laughs> Using the proceeds of his memoir. Um, next question. I think he's dead. <laughs> I think he died. He was just so full of adrenaline as soon as he left the situation, he just flatlined. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that ambulance was just FBI agents, actually. <laughs> Hoover is looking for it. He strangles him. He has him strangled as soon as he leaves the yep. public view. Like, oh, he died on the way to the hospital. Let's let's not have any sort of uh, inquiry or even uh, <laughs> check the body. Let's just dump him in the side of the road. I could see Hoover. He has no scruples, so I could easily see that happening. Um, why did Billy need to rob a bank minutes before his friend's wedding? Because he's an addict, and also because. <laughs> He's in his dad's town, and he thought it was oh. the best way to get back at his dad because at the heart of this, his he's in this father son drama, which yes. is, uh, propelled him to just start robbing banks. And you think it's like a psychological revenge act? I think so. But I that think his he, this is his dad's town. He's the authority in this town. He's going to do the ultimate fuck you and yeah. compromise his dad's authority in the midst of this election. I think so. It's, I think that's so. a very selfish act. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, Considering uh, if, if he didn't do that, everyone would be alive. It's Open very Jesse. clear before he goes into the bank that just if he were just to go and make a withdrawal from the bank, it would have been a selfish act. It's true. <laughs> but we, we were seconds away from this movie not even happening. Um, it's just mm-hmm. Billy's Billy's one action uh, causes all this to happen. Um, is Agent Hoover the worst federal agent in movie history? Is, is he worse at his job than Hobbs is in Fast Five? Um, <laughs> Hobbs is pretty good, though. Not in Fast Five. No? In Fast Five, he manages to get his whole team killed, helps Vin Diesel with the robbery, lets him yeah. get away with the money, and just sort of laughs at the end. He's like, ah, oh, he got well, away. Wouldn't Paul Walker be just as bad then as an FBI agent? Um, in the first one, yeah. He, well, I mean, he does figure out what's happening. He yeah. almost gets Dom, but remember, he doesn't like make the choice whether or not to get Dom in Fast One because they do the chicken with the train, and Dom goes. Yeah. And well, it's clear <laughs> that he could have got it, but he yeah. let the train. That the train <laughs> was his excuse. He has a better excuse than Hobbs does. I think that it's incompetence versus just like malice, being evil. Yeah, just he's the this guy Hoover is just pure. Like, I think we should outlaw caffeine now. Caffeine turns people into psychotic fascists. Yeah, it really does. It It sends them on a wild power trip. I mean, uh, well, yeah, this movie definitely depicted the government in a, in a fascistic well, light. All, all of the, uh, maybe, um, I guess, what's his face from the last movie? Really blue eyes. Oh, Lawrence Harvey or Frank Sinatra? Frank Sinatra. He was an FBI agent, but he was pretty, he was a very good. Oh, he was excellent, though. I mean, he, it was all, no, they would have never known about the, 
hypnotized Russian mole if it wasn't for his his nightmares. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. he's very bad in his personal relations uh, with the the weird double agent lady. Um, think of anyone else? I mean, there's there's a few others. I mean, the the guys in Die Hard are really really bad. A, the two Agent Johnsons. Who, who sort of like make it easier for Hans Gruber by just how crazy they are. <laughs> <laughs> Remember? <laughs> because they're like making this into this insane hostage situation and it's just supposed to be a bank heist the whole time. I mean, it's a great tradition of FBI agents being made to look like fools, but yeah. I think this one had the least scruples out of any I've ever seen. Yeah, He, he most like resembled like the Ray Fiennes character from Schindler's List in terms of just like his cruelty. <laughs> Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> He's on that sort of level. It's just like, this is just like the worst guy. Um, does Gonzo live with Jesse and Hope in Mexico? I sure hope not. You think he'd be a bad influence on the child? Uh, yeah, he's gotten, well... He was a great, great guy. I he mean... Was, but he was trying to rob that bank. And that uh, makes you a bad person? Yeah, no, I guess not. <laughs> um, but also, he had lots of just... You had a lot of issues. Was, you know, a lot of things going on. I think that also they just met the guy. You know, he. It I wasn't... know, but, but this is like living ten lifetimes in twenty-four hours out of this situation. Yeah. I guess it would have made more sense with for him to like live with Buzz, but Buzz is dead. Yeah, Buzz is dead. <laughs> uh, maybe he's got like a cabana down the block. From Do you think they give him any of the money that they take with them? Probably yeah, right. Yeah. You got it. And, you know, away, I like to maybe he probably like OD the next day. <laughs> I like to think that he continued living in Mexico with them as a as a sort of zany but very wise uncle figure. And that can um, be possible. That's, yeah, because he uh, lives. Yeah, and he's obviously a very very skilled pilot. Maybe uh, Mexico less regulations. He has some like unregulated joyride flights that he offers people for money and. That could be good. That could be a part of their beach experience. It could be. Yeah. They could franchise it, hire hire some other helicopter uh, pilots who are also ex-Vietnam veterans. Yeah. Um, was Billy a good Hamlet? Fine. You I, thought he was in a passable Hamlet? Yeah. I didn't like the sort of English accent he was using. Yeah. Hamlet oh. is a Danish character. Mm. You can just perform it in, in your normal accent. You don't have to, like, to be or not to be. Yeah. Well, this is, he's, he's, he's not a hard. great actor. He's not a great actor. But I thought that he really nailed the to be or not to be at the end. It was only sort of when he abandoned pretense and, and just let it, just let it, it go. Just let it rip. I mean, you have to at least give him props that he he knows the lines obviously yeah he can just pull them out of nowhere and he uses them in like every situation because like when his dad asks him something he like quotes hamlet and it's just i wonder if uh because i think in, he had moved to la to try and be an actor I someone wonder, says like had enough time in la la land yeah i wonder if he had he has taken classes with uh um the with the teacher from barry henry winkler Maybe that's so that's where his because Henry Winkler as an acting coach 
really doesn't care if you become an actor. Just wants you to pay. I thought I thought you were gonna say Tommy Wiseau from The Room. (laughs) Oh no, that would have been around this time, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that like? I would have explained his acting a little bit. (laughs) Tommy Wiseau would have been like, "Wow, Billy, you are so good." No, sure. Come on the green screen. Uh, So I don't think he was a good Hamlet. Um, And I thought that was it was such a weird thing for him to deliver the lines as he's driving a pick. (laughs) Would you rather he delivered lines from like? uh, I think Macbeth would have been better. What if he delivered lines from like Gone with the Wind or something? I don't think he would have been as big of a national story. If it was the Gone with the Wind robber? <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe if he had done like zany Three Stooges type physical comedy, it would have made. <laughs> it would have made the same sort of impression. But people eat up Shakespeare. Yeah. Anytime you, people are like, I don't know what it means, but uh, I know it's famous. So anytime you do that, it's going to create. It was. Oh, it's funny just how how concerned he was with building a brand as a bank robber. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. I can't. Like can you think of the last bank robber to make natural national news based on his antics? Because I can't. Uh, <laughs> I feel nope. like maybe that was something that happened in like the eighties. Yeah, I think the, the bank robbing scene isn't as big as it used to. Be. <laughs> I mean, you have to go back to like Pretty Boy Floyd. <laughs> like the 30s from db cooper yeah that's the last one. <laughs> there we go another uh without a paddle connection um so there was a real dearth vocab word of okay. of internet uh trivia aside from i found two uh not great imdb trivia it's pretty low on the imdb, IMDb trivia scale um, the first one is Dean Kane dedicated his performance to the memory of his uncle, Lieutenant Colonel George Einan Buzz Thomas, Ooh. U.S. Air Force. <laughs> uh, Dean's character in the movie shares the same name as his uncle. Ah. Uh, the other bit of trivia I found is that the bus number is 2525, which is the same bus number. Can you guess? As Hamlet Road? <laughs> Speed. Oh, speed. Oh, John, that makes way more sense. <laughs> I thought you would have gotten that one. No, I know. As as being in 2022, it's hard to think of speed as being like a recent movie. But 1997, it would only be only been three years before it would have been like doing a I don't know, like a fast yeah. 10 reference. Yeah. Or like a John Wick reference or something. Um so with the dearth of internet information. Uh, the most I could sort of find about this movie was was various uh, reviews online, uh, some contemporary, some not contemporary. Um, so I think the 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 bulk of this little section will be my favorite bits of contemporary criticism. If if you are welcome to hearing them, Mister. I'd Day. love to. Uh, <laughs> so the first was from Variety, which I was amazed at a publication the. As famous as Variety would even include Best Men among the movies that it reviewed. So I was very pleasantly surprised to see that it was. And even more pleasantly surprised to see that it was a very, very positive review. Uh, 
the main line I took from it was an offbeat bank robbery picture that sticks to its guns and doesn't shoot for Tarantino-esque hipness in either dialogue or action. Best men, <laughs> best men reps a fine entry in the so far wobbly feature career of former music video director Tamara Davis. So Variety saw this as a, as a stepping up from Billy Madison and CB4. Uh, but you can definitely sort of see how it could have been more Tarantino. Yeah. But it doesn't. It's, it's way more sort there's of no honest like, to its characters. There's not really a, a memorable soundtrack at all either. No. I don't think there's any music in it. No, the How 90s is the soundtrack. It does not apply to this movie. Not at all. Um, so the next one was Time Out London. Which I thought was also amazing that they were reviewing Best Men. Um, this was also much more positive than I expected. Yet another quirky crime comedy. I don't know how much of a comedy it is, but on its own terms, entertaining enough. That's like a half a thumb up with a distinctively sharp take on masculine behavior and a yeah. surprising amount of the bard. Of the bard, okay. <laughs> You know, it's time out London. I would say that. Yeah. I love that. Entertaining enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, Empire. Also a positive review. Huh. The ensemble acting is so strong, the characters are likable without being annoying. And aside from the odd corny line, which serves as a reminder of the movie's stupidity, yeah. If taken at face value, it becomes a fair enough yarn with bundles of energy. Who are these writers are very uh they have a lot of imagery. <laughs> you can you can tell it's sort of like the go-to sort of metaphor for a movie reviewer. Yeah. Um I think this one is not great. This was from the AV Club. Uh, oh, the AV Club was around back then? What is this from? I think this is from like 2000. See, this was another thing is that uh, some of the reviews were when it was released on video, which was apparently mm. like five years after it was released in theater. I've probably got, <laughs> this might be a first edition DVD. It might honestly might be oh, wow. if you got it in like 2002, 2001. Yeah. Um, this is a good opening line though. Ever wonder what would happen if someone were to genetically cross a 20-something ensemble comedy drama with a tense hostage thriller? <laughs> as a comedy, it's painfully unfunny. And as a drama, it's both silly and overcrowded with unnecessary characters and subplots. Still, Best Men has its moments, not the least of which involves Flannery giving a surprisingly touching rendition of Hamlet's To Be or Not To Be. This reviewer picked up on the same stuff I did. Yeah. Uh, but it's still seldom more than a mess. Strange and uncategorizable. But not very good either. I think uncategorizable, this reviewer sees as a negative, but I think that is this movie's greatest strength. Yeah. This is such a unique movie. It's so unlike everything else I'd ever seen. When I was watching it, I expected it to be much funnier. It was not. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was sort of like with it. Uh, yeah. Mostly, I think, because of the Gonzo character. 
I thought Brad Dorff was actually like really good at it. If if I were to redo the 1997 Academy Awards, I would consider him not wow. for an Academy Award nomination for supporting actor, but maybe a Golden Globe. Okay. okay. You're not with me on that one. I mean, I don't, I don't follow the awards like you do, so I can't you know tell you. You don't think that was an award worthy performance? Maybe a Saturn Award. It's kind of like. You know, I guess it's kind of like giving the MVP to Jokic because he just really doesn't have a lot going on around him, as opposed to giving the MVP to, you know, uh, Embiid, who's got hard. Which would be like Flannery. Yeah, he's got hard. So it's like, you gotta, I don't know. Gonzo but, made this movie believable. And that, the injection of that character halfway through it. That helicopter flying, I don't know if it was believable. It was so scary. You don't think Gonzo, the best, the best he, pilot how did he in put the Vietnam down? War? Well, what do you mean? I think they ended up getting up. I don't know, maybe. Did I he mean, just drops <laughs> in the ocean? No, he, he just like sort of hovers. Right. He just sort of hovers. He finds a nice little plot of land they can just jump on to. He, he was in the shit. Maybe a trampoline or something. Um, he has landed in hot LZs before. He said one LZ was so hot it singed his his crotch hair. Mm. I think are the words he used. He can obviously let down two people. That is such a nitpick. I, I you doubting Gonzo's abilities is making me very angry. <laughs> All right, I'll take it back. I'm so I'm apologizing. Uh, thank you. Uh, best quotes. Do you have any? I, I got the FBI agent Hoover saying, uh, "Make mode is, make no mistake. This isn't much ado about nothing. I'm not <laughs> Hamlet." I thought that was good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some ones I have. Uh, Teddy goes, "You're packing." This is when they're outside the prison. Yeah. Uh, he goes, "You're packing." Buzz, like, could you say that just a little bit louder? I don't think the guards heard you. Teddy, that is against the law. Buzz, well, I'd rather be tried by 12 than carried by six. Yeah. Also, this was after he had uh, pegged all of the gun turret, all the security around the prison. Uh, yeah. Where he's like, we got a guy with like a semi-automatic. We got yeah. snipers up there. Remington sniper. <laughs> and then uh, he's packing. Yeah. I didn't think it was that. You know, those were the only ones that I got. That was the one. Yeah. Well, the one you mentioned before, with Jesse goes. So, how's Mary, Teddy? Oh, she yeah. hates me, Jesse. Yeah. Maybe it's just a phase. Her hating you, Teddy. Uh, uh-uh. oh no, she's pretty much hated me since the day I got her pregnant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound like fun, but Not I think fun. it's a. I think it's a good line. And then uh, the line of the movie: "I'm a green beret. I love my country, and I'm gay." I don't think people in 22 would realize what a big thing that would be in 1997. Yeah. It was, it started out a little like um, maybe not as accepting. And then by then it would seem like a very accepting movie. Was it this movie or am I thinking of something else where someone says you don't have to be gay to have sex with a man? I don't know if it's this movie. Was that hard target? I do not know what our target is either. 
it's a uh, it's a Jean Claude Van Damme movie based oh, on uh, the most dangerous gonna, game. I was going <laughs> to like an X-rated I, movie. No, I was thinking. Well, now now I am. No, I was thinking it was like a Seagal movie. So we, I was on the you were the nineties B movie action area. Yeah, I was in the area. So that's all I have. Okay. Well, do you have valedictory start- words for SPF? Well, no, but before we started, you asked me to recast it for yes, today. Yes, yes. Um, and I have, uh, you know, I've got a few of them, okay? Uh-huh. I've got Sean Patrick Flannery would be Chalamet, uh, Timothy Chalamet. That makes sense. Um, Saul would be Jonah Hill. Um <laughs> He's a good dude. Well, I guess Saul looks way older than the rest of uh, them. Yeah, he does. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dean Kane would be Henry Cavill. Sticking I can buy Superman, that. Yeah. With the Superman. And then uh, Andy Dick would be Ezra Miller. Because <laughs> I feel like that guy's a little bit out there. Uh, I can see and, it. And but it, but it's, it's as, do you believe Ezra Miller is like a domineered house husband accountant type? Think he could play whoa, that? Whoa, accountant type. Whoa. I think. Hey, I think. Hey. <laughs> I think Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, that's a better one. Okay, <laughs> that's a better one. It, he's in the same vein. And also, then, also for uh, the Sean Patrick Flannery, I think Ansel Elgort would be good. Yeah, because he I gives a little good. bit off of. I think Chalamet would be too good as Hamlet. Yeah. Well, I'm. I've been. I haven't written it on paper, but I've been playing in my head with uh, Luke Wilson being played by Tom Holland's brother, and then Drew Barrymore <laughs> being played by Zendaya. <laughs> that's that's where my mind's kind of going. I didn't. I haven't really thought about who would be Jesse. Yeah. Um, Luke Wilson. Maybe switch him in with Baby Driver. Ansel Elgort, no, I think I think Ansel Elgort as a failed actor just works. Yeah, <laughs> I think that just works. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think who'd be a good Luke Wilson's kind of perfect for that character. He is, and then for... he's just like just sort of stupid enough to be like, oh yeah, this guy would steal a ring and go to prison. Yeah. Maybe I... Robert Pattinson. <laughs> I don't think he can be sort of like innocent enough for that. Sure, he can. Um, who do I think would be a good one is Michael Sarah. <laughs> that would be good, especially yeah. if Jonah Hill was uh, yeah, Saul. <laughs> reunite them for, for Gonzo. I was kind of thinking like uh, J.K. Simmons or Michael Keaton, Benicio del Toro, maybe, ooh, maybe Benicio del Toro. Yeah, sure. One, one of those guys, he would I, uh, Josh Brolin. He's pretty grizzled, yeah. I could see that. <laughs> but is he? I don't. Brad Dorf so good. I don't think anyone could be that good. <laughs> what about Christopher Walken? He's no. He would just be doing like an impression of Brad Dorf. <laughs> Everyone's just doing impression of Gonzo. They don't. They can't. I like can't own. overstate how good he was in this movie. I think he's one of like our great actors. You know, he plays. Uh, what's the guy's name? Who's like the bad guy in the Two Towers? 
Yeah, he's a warm warm tongue. tongue. Yeah, warm tongue. Yeah, he's like an amazing actor, but he's just so weird looking. Yeah, that he only can sort of be cast as warm tongue. Is it Buscemi? Uh, I think I think Benicio, Joaquin Phoenix, actually. Oh, as Gonzo. Yeah, I like that. He'd really he'd he'd get into it. I think he method. Yes, I think I think I think Jesse Eisenberg as. Andy Dick characters in Ansel Algord. That's that's Billy. Okay. <laughs> Cavill as uh as Buzz, I like. Yeah, I mean you gotta stick with the Superman. Yeah. Wow, that gives some serious intertextuality to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we could I think we could continue going on this for a while, so I think we're just gonna stop it here. <laughs> All right. So April Dick's picks, best men. Oh, should we pull out up the May one? Have you decided what we're doing for May? I have an idea. We can just on the spot. I could always edit this out if it's (laughs) not good. Uh, U.S. Marshals. I've seen that recently. Okay. Uh, Lucky number 11. Yes. Do you know what that is? I remember when it came out, I never saw it. That's one of Josh Hartnett, right? Yep. Let's get some more Hartnett up in here. Yes, I like that. We're going to do lucky number 11. Have we, we've only done one Paul Walker. That sounds right. To think we're going to have more Hartnett's than Paul Walker's is almost a travesty. <laughs> well, we'll get some more. Don't worry. We can, watch, we can do timeline. <laughs> oh, uh, no, I was thinking. Well, yeah, I guess he's in a few of them. <laughs> Thank you I, for listening. If we were going to do a Paul Walker one, it would have to be the one with him and Jessica Alba in the water where they're swimming around. I've never seen it. Into the blue. Into the blue. That would be have to be the one. But we're going to save that one for later. We're going to do save it for rainy day. Seven. Lucky number seven is your May dicks pick. May pick. I think you've been on fire this year. I think right. I think Bestman was fantastic. Good. I'd literally had never heard of it before you mentioned it. Uh, yeah. And it is obviously a forgotten movie. <laughs> it's very forgotten. But the reviews I read were way better than a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah, it said I it don't was, it was okay. Those were reviews for like a 50. <laughs> Maybe we get some bots to, to spam the <laughs> to <spam> get <laughs> his audience score off at least. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to our April edition, Best Men. I think this podcast is longer than the running time of the actual movie. Um, Sorry to all those who want an organized podcast in the time But we'll be back with you guys next month. And we're going to go wild on Lucky Number 11. With Lucky Number 11. Thank you, and we'll uh, see you next time.